0: 1045 The Zone's non-stop sports talk continues with a look at Nashville's teams and at news around the nation from the lead writer of 1045thezone.com. This is The Big Six. The Big Six with Jason Martin, presented by Renters Warehouse. And here we go. Straight up, 6 o'clock by my watch, means it's time for the one and only Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone. Glad to have you with us. Thrilled to welcome you to another week here in the Music City. I'm Jason Martin. You can follow me on Twitter at jmartzone. Never before more true than it is. At this moment behind this microphone, I am blessed beyond measure, all reasonable and otherwise. I hope you recognize that you are as well. I hope this finds you, I hope my words find you just in the best possible place you could be in, in your life with you and yours. My DMs are always wide open for a faith-based conversation at Zone. And if not me, I hope you find somebody you trust that you can have that conversation with. So you listened to Squared Circle Radio yesterday morning, I was not on that program, but Brandon Hagney and David Reed suggested off the top of that show that I would have information, that I would have news potentially on this show today, not regarding the world of sports, but regarding my own life and things that they knew that no one else could or no one else certainly or very few people within the sound of my voice right now could have. And I let off my Fox Sports radio show yesterday with about a 13 minute explanation of this very thing. And if you happen to hear that show and we're up early yesterday morning, meaning 2 a.m., <clears throat> then you heard it. And I was gonna just sit here and fire that segment because, you know, we ended up taking calls on it for almost the entire hour, <clears throat> and still getting comments on social media about it, not because it was some brilliant treatise on anything in particular. I guess it's just because, and I instead of doing that, I'm just going to talk to you again, <clears throat> and we'll see how close this one gets to that one. But if there's one thing that I hope that does come through your ears whenever it is that I am blessed enough to have you in my audience listening to me, it is that you are talking to a real person. You are hearing from a real person. This is not some monolithic guy. I'm not a guy who throws out a bunch of stuff that I don't believe, and I try to just talk about the stories that I find interesting. Now, there are some things that I can't get away from because they're local, and so you have to touch on those. But I'm not going to talk about the things that I'm either not an expert on or at least not able to become well-read or well-researched on enough to sound like I have a clue. It's genuine. And if you remember the very first Jason Martin show on Fox Sports Radio, the very first Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone, then you probably remember me telling some version of my story. And I guess I have to do that again here just to get to this point because there is news in my life. It's a celebratory time around the big six offices, the figurative big six offices. And it all emanates from me at some point realizing over the past two and a half years that there was something greater in my life And that there were a lot of difficulties and a lot of challenges and a lot of trials that I had either subjected myself to by being stubborn or making mistakes or that I had just been subjected to because life isn't always fair, especially in the moment. And I read something very poignant, I think, and I've read it multiple times in different ways, but the message is finally starting to sink in. And that is the initial reaction, the knee-jerk reaction, when you hear or you know of something that is happening to someone close to you that you care about or to you, your knee-jerk reaction is to immediately say, that's unfair. That's the very human reaction that we have to these things. And what I've read and what I've come to understand through people smarter than me, and certainly the scripture, is instead of saying, that's unfair, maybe the reaction should first be, what is it that you have to show me here? What are you trying to tell me? What do I need to learn from this? In the moment, it's very difficult to get there. It's extremely difficult to get there. It's easy for me to say it right now because I'm not in the throes of all of those things, but I have been. But, and I always use the analogy, or sometimes I do, of the Price is Right mountain climber. People usually like it when I mention that because they remember it, and they remember the the song, the yodeling, and all of that when you don't price that box of Tide correctly, but you're still trying to win that dinette scent or whatever it is. Things have to go... In some kind of an order, because there is a design to our lives as I believe it. And so if you were to know me or to have heard my story before, then you know that it started out with something relatively small and then it grew and then it grew and then it grew more. And you know, I've lost about 185 pounds. All glory to God for that. My job kind of came from nowhere, not this one, the one before it that led to this one. I was sitting there with no health insurance, no full time, driving down here to make very little. In fact, I was putting more in my gas tank than I was actually taking home, just trying to get an opportunity. And last week when I mentioned that people ask me sometimes, which still boggles my mind for advice in this industry, I just say, do everything you can. Don't say I'm going to be a radio host and then do nothing else. Write. Do TV. Do whatever it is that you have to do. And don't worry about making any money. Just find some method. And so I had screwed around in the late 90s when I went to NC State. Left school. Went and chased a pro wrestling dream for 10 years. Lived in Georgia. Lived in South Carolina. Lived in Asheville, North Carolina. Lived around. And worked in pro wrestling as an announcer and did some play-by-play work for TV in the state of South Carolina and once in Georgia as well. But there was no money to be had there and eventually it was time to grow up. And so I had the opportunity to move to Kentucky because my parents were already living there. And even post 30 years old, eventually sometimes you just have to admit to yourself, your way ain't right. And so I swallowed my pride, and I went back home, and I used the advantages of them being there to enable me to try to go back to school. And I didn't know Western Kentucky had such a great broadcasting program, but it does. I mean, a lot of people that I graduated with immediately went into jobs in an industry where you can't always find them. And there's some very talented people doing some extraordinary work in TV and in radio and in print right now that I was lucky enough to have worked alongside as a student. But things went well. I interned here at The Zone. I interned at the news talk station in Kentucky. But there was nothing really to offer me, and I was just sitting there waiting and wondering if this was going to be the industry that I was going to end up in. And then Clay Travis ended up calling me and asking me to be his executive producer after I had kind of just went to him and asked if I could write for him and had been doing that for a couple of years. And now you know my stuff at the Big Six blog where I write about pop culture and the Pop Six where I talk about pop culture. A lot of that comes from Clay. A lot of this is thanks to Clay. And then eventually I felt like it was time for another change and that change would lead me back here because the timing worked out and there was finally something to offer me and you're listening to what that was right now in the Big Six. And my great friend, it's it's really interesting to have a supervisor, a boss, somebody over top of you. It's also somebody you would do anything in the world for because you classify them as a friend. But that's the way I feel about Brad Willis. And so the opportunity to come work underneath him again, this time in a much different capacity, with who knows what level of room for growth and all of that, was something I felt like I had to do. It was a very easy decision for me to make. But the job came. I was able to move here without any debt, which was an in- just unbelievable, especially considering how I handled money when I was the guy that first got a credit card when I was 20 and was a fool. But I've learned from that. Hopefully I learned from my experiences and don't make all of the same mistakes again. We were going to make some of them, but hopefully we don't make all of them. And then after I moved here around that same time, that's when the health changes started. That's when I started to eat differently, exercise and that's all it was. There was no trick. There was no nothing. It was just change the diet and start walking. And then that would become running, start lifting some weights, taking care of yourself a little bit better. And the physical report that I got back about a month ago from my physician just blew me away. Not that I was healthy, but that, that I was off the charts healthy in every category. So all these things, and I had ruined myself for decades, folks. I had eaten myself just, it was awful. All glory to God for that. Because he woke me up, and one day, my mind just said, no, no more, no more. And then I stuck to it. The willpower that I don't know where it came from, except that I do know where it came from, and that ain't me, folks. But all of these things, and I went through you know, trial and error trying to find my other half trying to find the person that was put here. Hopefully there was one for me. And there was a lot of time when I didn't think that I was going to find that person. Maybe that wasn't my lot in life. Maybe I'm the one in the friend group that is just not going to find somebody and is going to continually look. But what comes back when I do look ends up being kind of fleeting or not right in some way. So either I'm going to settle Or this could be a very lengthy process, but it's very, very painful, especially when you're 40 years old like me or 39 and 38 when a lot of this was going on. And just like I'm seeing all my friends, even ones that are 10, 15 years younger than me in terms of when they graduated college. Because, again, I went as an adult and and I'm going to their weddings and I feel selfish because I'm there and I'm happy for them. And I'm also sad for me. And I want to shut that second part down. But I also realized at some point during this process a small voice told me you you are worth more you have value you don't have to settle somebody needs to check all your boxes and so you've heard me over the past I would say especially over the past month discuss how I'm blessed beyond measure all reasonable and otherwise And I hope you recognize you are as well. Now, that's my refrain, and I've said that for for quite some time on this program. And I probably will until the last day that I am fortunate enough to have a job in this industry like this. But I also have kind of teased this deal where never has that been more true than right now. And very soon I will be able to tell you why, and I can't wait for you to find out. Well, it's time to tell you why. If you follow me on Twitter at jmartzone, then you already know this. But the last step in this growth process, and I can't do it without Psalm 37.4, which a great friend of mine suggested to me on one of my lowest days years ago when my faith was still relatively dormant. And he said, you know what? Psalm 37, four and start praying the Psalms and Psalm 37, four says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. At first that sounds like, oh yeah, so you just love the Lord and he gives you everything. No, it means that your heart starts to conform to what he wants for you and the things he wants for you. He will not hold back from you. And so there was something that my heart wanted, but it wasn't time yet. He needed time with me. He needed to make me ready for what he had planned for me. The health changes, the move, the job, a growing, better relationship with my wonderful parents. And then I would come to find out that the friends that he had put around me, David Reed, Brandon Hagney, Jonathan Hutton, uh, guys that I graduated as with, some that have now left media for ministry, all of them happened to be Christian believers. And so when I needed it most, when I needed support, when I needed to understand why this thing was not happening in my life or why I was being made to wait for this thing or this, and sometimes it was multiple different things, they were there to give me the kind of support that I would never have known possible. And our friendship deepened as a result. And our relationship deepened as a result. And then a year ago, January, and here in the radio business, well, we've got to take a commercial break because I've actually got to get to the news. I know it's a little bit different, but I think what we do with the Big Six, it's generally a little bit different. And I hope that that's appreciated. I appreciate you bearing with me as well. When we come back, the news, if you follow me on Jmart Zone, you already know about it. But there's a second half of this story. One that makes me want to jump for joy. Maybe I'll even do that. Maybe I'll even knock over the microphone. That's up next here on The Big Six on 104.5 The Zone. Zone. Welcome back to The Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone. Glad to have you with us. I'm Jason Martin on Twitter at jmartzone. Telephone number 615-737-1045. May not get the calls tonight. Maybe tomorrow. We'll see. But uh, if you missed the first segment of this show... I am laying out my story in a different way because there is news in my life, news that I want to share with you guys, and I know it's a little bit different, a little unconventional, a little off the path when it comes to what you expect when you come here, 104.5 The Zone. So first off, I appreciate you bearing with me here, and I hope that we've cultivated a, an audience-host relationship, a listener-host relationship, where you would expect to hear me talk about this in this way and that hopefully it gives you a little bit more insight into the guy behind the microphone that feels so privileged to have this platform in which to talk about sports and pop culture and these escapes that we love, but also to tell you about me and to tell you about what's happening in my life, thanks to my Lord and Savior. And so I was talking about the friends, the believers that he had put around me that I did not know they were going to be there as spiritual support when I needed them the most. And then we get to the start of last year. A year ago, January, by happenstance, I guess, someone walked into my life. And for a year, that someone and I got to know each other as people. It wasn't awkward. It was not the kind of thing that would have cheapened a potential relationship or a friendship. We got to know each other in a very decades-old kind of way, when we didn't have these devices in our hands at all times and we didn't necessarily have to speak every day. Sometimes we wouldn't speak every week, but we saw each other every couple of weeks for that year. And the very first night that this person and I actually met in person, there was a voice in my head that said, this one is important. She's different. Pay attention to her. And I never knew that it would become so obvious that there was not just two people at a Panera dinner table, but actually three. And the voice of the third one is what would sustain me and keep me patient and at times frustrate me, but it would be a voice that I would talk to and hear from during that year and hopefully that voice will never stop talking to me but 2018 i got to know this person as she went from acquaintance to clear friend someone that i could talk to to somewhere around the fall my best friend and when i realized that being around her was better than being around anybody else it all just clicked and then a little shy of a year after meeting her on New Year's Eve 2018 into New Year's Day 2019, I had to host out, kick the Coverage at 5 a.m. on New Year's Day. But we were downtown at a Moon Taxi concert. That's a band I'm going to have on the air for a very important reason, as this story might be giving away. On New Year's Eve, he finally told us, hey, there's more here. There was a larger plan but I needed you to, I needed you to love each other as friends. I needed you to respect each other and not to think about all of these other things that the world and that society want to tell you make or break you. And so after breaking me and rebuilding me and molding me and crafting me and making me better, he had spent time with us individually. Finally, it was time for us to take another step in our friendship. And now I sit here behind this microphone, a little shy of eight months later. And on Friday night, I was able to, at Radnor Lake, a a special place to us, drop down to one knee, and commit my life to her and it was the easiest thing that I could have ever done it was so clear that in that moment I had gotten the green light from the one person whose opinion matters and when he told me it was okay he meticulously crafted this thing from the very beginning and it's gone so well And now, as of today, it's July the 22nd. On September the 22nd, this person, the best woman, the best human being I have ever known, the best one I will ever know, the one who revealed Christ's love for me in another person. He saved me. Then he saved me from myself so that he could save me for Abby. And I believe that's the first time I've ever actually used her name on the radio. I don't deserve half the woman that she is, but I will graciously and celebratorily thank my Lord and Savior for walking this special person into my life. And I can't wait to live every day trying to make her feel as special as I know I feel about her and also as special as I know the Lord feels about her. January thirteenth, 2018 was the first time we met. That night, a voice told me she's special. Pay attention to her. That voice was wise in ways I never could have been. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why I've said for the past couple of months that I am blessed beyond measure, not just all reasonable and otherwise, but more so than ever because this woman reflects Christ's love for me. And this is not me trying to preach to you and not trying to make you feel uncomfortable. But behind this microphone, I feel that this brand and whatever it is that I am building as a rapport with you or your family or whoever might be listening to this, I feel like you need to know who it is that's behind this microphone. And what's important to me. And so it used to be a lot of stuff. And it used to be a lot of things. And it used to be a lot of DVDs and electronics and video games. And all sorts of stuff that now doesn't matter a whole lot. There are three things in this world that I need. I need my Lord who is always going to be here. And his word. I need Abby. And I choose Abby. And if you got time, I also need a cup of coffee. Those are the three things. And just a reminder, my story is not something that is unattainable because there's nothing truly special about me that's not special about you as well. So I hope that you are doing well. If it's a struggle, consider asking instead of saying, that's unfair. Consider asking, hey, what are you teaching me here? And just consider the fact, even if that's not your thing, even if that's not your style, I understand. Then consider that July 22nd, 2019 ain't July 22nd, 2020, just like it wasn't July 22nd, 2018. Where you are today isn't where you're going to be tomorrow. Where you are today isn't where you're going to be six months from now. Where you are today is not going to be where you are a year from now. It's not always going to be tough if it's tough for you. And on the flip side, it's not always going to be a cakewalk. I'm well aware of that too. But I'm just thankful in this moment. I'm thankful for, for Abby and I'm thankful for the source, the sun that has lit my world with sunbeams in the form of my best friend who will be my wife in two months. When we come back, we'll talk about sports. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone. I am blessed beyond measure, all reasonable and otherwise. I hope that you recognize you are as well. This is a Big Six on 104.5 The Zone. Zone. Welcome back. Big Six here on 104.5 to Zone on Monday in the Music City. Football's inching closer and closer. We're brought to you by Renter's Warehouse, by the way. Dedicated to helping homeowners become rent estate investors by renting their homes instead of selling. Renter's Warehouse, the rent estate company. I'm Jason Martin. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone. You can follow me there. A lot of you have said some very kind things over the past couple of days. Just know that that has not gone unnoticed. I do not take for granted your years. Or your eyes if you read my stuff at the Big 6 blog. If you're a Stranger Things fan, I have finished up my series deep diving into the new season. There are four pieces. Each one's between 1,500 and 2,000 words. So you can go there and just get your Stranger Things fix at 1045 com slash Big 6 blog. Coming up, a Pop 6 podcast. I don't know if it will be this week or at some point next week. But full-on spoilers just going crazy talking about the new season of Stranger Things. NFL season, about 45 days away. Rookie camp here in Nashville, beginning this week. Training camp's about to open up around the league. 100th season's gonna open with Bears versus Packers on a Thursday night. We're getting really close. I mean, now that NBA Free Agency has kind of seen its apex and its zenith and is on the way down, we need our football. Baseball ain't hacking it. Speaking of which, 104.5 zone night down in Atlanta. Unfortunately, the Bravos couldn't get it done against the Nats, losing 5-3 to three on Saturday night. I probably would have been there with those of you who were down there, except I had the Jason Martin Show Sunday morning that I was going to have to do. Plus, I was still celebrating in many ways with the woman that will be my wife. In a couple of months, I laid out that story for you over the last couple of segments of this show, and I appreciate your just your time listening to that. I hope that it was interesting and maybe gave you a couple of things that you can think about. That's what we try to do on this show in differing ways, is to make you think, not necessarily even about your own life, but just think about the things that are in the news, particularly in sports and in pop culture, that... Maybe you you can think of them differently than before. And so one of the questions that I have, and I think we'll touch on this off and on for the next month, month and a half, or what are the storylines that have you most fascinated and intrigued about the new NFL season? As we get closer and closer, as camps are opening up, what is it that has your attention most? And last week, I talked about the Cleveland Browns for a full segment, and I think that's the number one story for me. That's the thing I can't wait to see is how are they going to manage this ridiculous hype? How are they going to manage expectations that have no history behind them to lean on? The team hasn't made the playoffs in 11 years. Or pardon me, had not had a winning record in 11 years. And now suddenly they're going to win the NFC North over the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens. Now maybe over the Ravens, I don't necessarily buy into Lamar Jackson yet. I'm hoping to be wrong. I want to see him actually become a good passer too because I can't even imagine what that would look like with how athletic he is. But if he has to continue running the way he is running and he's as inconsistent passing the ball as he is, I just don't know how he can stay healthy more so than anything else. So the Browns are at the top of my list with Baker and with Odell and Jarvis Landry and that young defense and a coach that's never done this before that has to be walking in with as much pressure as a head coach possibly could in this circumstance. I think one of the other things that I am fascinated to see is what happens with these new head coaches. Zach Taylor has a job with the Cincinnati Bengals I didn't even know that dude's name until I found out he was on Sean McVay's staff and then Cincinnati hired him to be their head coach. Maybe that's going to work out. The one thing people forget when they talk about Sean McVay, oh, well, Sean McVay came out of nowhere too. Eh, Yeah, I guess, but he was around football basically his entire life. He was a lifer. There was a background with football. It's all he knew. It's all he had done. I'm not saying you could have predicted that this was going to go as well as it has, but it's different than the Zach Taylor experiment. Closer to our minds is Matt LaFleur in Green Bay. The stories are out there, him and Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't really like the idea of audibles. Aaron Rodgers feels like he's smarter than everybody at all times, which is usually a mark of foolishness, but I know Aaron Rodgers is a very, very smart guy and he understands football a lot. And if it's me, I would rather have Aaron Rodgers drawn up some of these plays than Matt LaFleur, just because I saw Matt LaFleur last year. And it's not that I think he's bad, it's that I don't know why you're giving him the farm now. You've already wasted a lot of Aaron Rodgers' career. So I'm on record saying, I don't think this LaFleur experiment is going to work. I'm not rooting against it just to be right. But I can only call it like I see it or like I feel it. And in this case... What I feel is that Matt LaFleur, probably not. And that's going to be a tough division. Bears have not gotten any worse. I love Matt Nagy. I love his attitude. I love everything about it. The Vikings, I think they were a little disappointing last year. Kirk Cousins made my big six list of the most overrated people in sports last summer. And by the way, overrated does not mean add does not mean terrible it means the reality does not match the expectations Kirk Cousins is a very good football player I don't know if he's consistent enough he's got two fantastic wide receivers a good tight end when he's healthy decent running back when he's healthy as well and he should have a stellar defense still even though they've lost a couple of those pieces with Mike Zimmer running it especially but that's not going to be an easy division I look at at LaFleur and I look at Zach Taylor, who I I don't even know what to make of that. I don't know what the expectations are for a guy I've never heard of before. And then you've got Mr. Kingsbury down in Arizona with Kyler Murray. And I think those are two stories that are interesting. I think every year that you've got the potential to see multiple guys starting at quarterback as rookies. And I think that's getting to be nearly every year. That has to be one of the storylines. And maybe we'll talk about these quarterbacks a little bit more either tomorrow or on Wednesday. But Kingsbury, who didn't win when he had Patrick Mahomes as quarterback. Mahomes went 13-19, and I believe it was, at Texas Tech under Kingsbury. Kingsbury, who could not get a head coaching job anywhere in the country in college except at his alma mater because he was so beloved there. And it was almost like a, a pity move. And he went there and was the worst coach they've had in three decades. Failed upwards because he's, I guess, a quarterback whisper. And so now he's the coach of the Arizona Cardinals, a team that also has not seen very much winning with the exception of that very short run when Warner was there with Fitzgerald and Wisenhunt. I don't know how that's going to go. I have my doubts. If Kingsbury can turn Kyler Murray into something and he's, he's got his guy, they've gotten Josh Rosen out of there. If he's able to make Kyler Murray into a pro quarterback and run a system that allows Kyler to flourish and allows that offense to score a lot of points, then that's a good hire. That sounds like common sense because it is common sense. That one's easy. I just don't know what in Cliff Kingsbury's background tells you that's what's going to happen. And so I look at those three guys, then I look at Flores down in Miami, who... I don't know if he's just going to be there to take the blame for part of this rebuild and move on, then they're going to hire another guy, or if he's going to luck out and be able to stick there for a while. I hope he does. I hope that that does pay some dividends because, first off, it would be nice for that division to have something other than the New England Patriots. I think Josh Rosen can play. You've heard me say that before. I don't think that a lot of what has happened to Josh Rosen is on Josh Rosen. That Arizona situation was toxic. Steve Wilkes was not ready to be a head coach of that team at that time. Smart guy. Now he's back in an assistant role. And then he'll probably, I hope he does get another shot, but he wasn't the one to try and and deal with that ship. But Rosen in Miami does have me interested. And then Vic Fangio, I'm a Broncos fan. Vic Fangio went against the grain, goes with an older defensive head coach instead of a younger, I knew Sean McVay or I'm sort of a Sean McVay type progressive offensive mind like most of these other guys have. Some of these guys are not going to be good, folks. I don't know if it's going to be LaFleur or if it's going to be Kingsbury or if they're going to turn out to be the two greatest head coaches in the history of the sport. I can only tell you what I feel Feel and what I think is going to happen. But as I've said before, when you hire five or six different offensive coordinators or offensive-minded head coaches in one cycle, somebody just hired the fifth or sixth best. And that doesn't mean fifth or sixth best in the NFL. It means fifth or sixth best in that cycle because there are already elite-level offensive minds, Andy Reid, Doug Peterson, Sean McVay, List goes on and on. And even some assistants like your Eric Bienemis and some of those guys as well. But there are some prolific offensive minds out there that are already in the league, Sean Payton. So all those guys are at the top of the list. Then you've got the best people from this cycle, younger coaches we haven't seen yet. And then you get to those guys. So somebody didn't just hire the sixth best offensive mind, they hired the sixth best offensive mind as part of a free agent class of coaches or coaches that were able to be moved on. And so you take that number six and then you add the, I don't know, probably 10 better offensive minds at least that are already in the NFL in jobs. And then somebody is hired like the 20th best. So bucking the trend, I kind of like that Denver didn't go that way and went with Fangio. Defense is, I would say, how the Broncos won their Super Bowl, even with Peyton Manning as quarterback. It was the defense that stymied Cam Newton, put him on his keister, beat him around a little bit, and won that thing. But the coach question is one that I think we're going to be paying attention to a lot this year. I mean, Vrabel's going into his second year. There are some second-year guys that are going to be interesting to watch as well. But this whole LaFleur, Kingsbury, this this whole – Sean McVay close-to-him experiment has to be one of the more intriguing storylines. I think it's Brown's number one for me, and number two, I think, is these coaches. What do you think? Tweet me at jmartzone. Let me know. We'll be right back to finish up the program here on a Monday. It's a Big Six on 104.5 The Zone. Final segment of the program here on a Monday night, Big 6, 104.5 The Zone. We're brought to you by Renters Warehouse, dedicated to helping homeowners benefit from the rental boom by renting their homes the easy way. Renters Warehouse, you can't buy happiness, but you can rent it. I am Jason Martin. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone. You can follow me there. NBA, I want to talk about something that's kind of funny, and it. it's James Harden related. So James Harden was doing a Q&A session on friday morning slash afternoon and he was doing with young fans it was like a promo deal and there were local media there of course and so harden's talking about how he's working on a new move now he has a step back and all this so one of these young kids asked him why he started to do quote that traveling step back and harden didn't necessarily care for this and so he said quote in the nba especially at the highest level of basketball. you got to find ways to get better every single year. you got to find ways to create an advantage every single year. And that's what I'm doing. It's not a travel. This year, I'm going to come up with something more creative, and it's going to look like a travel, but it's not. Honestly, even when I was on a tour in Europe or China, or even when I'm here in the U.S., I see kids your guys' age that are working on step-backs, working on moves, Because it's going to gain you an opportunity to be better than the rest of your peers. And that's what I'm going for. So until they call it a travel, if they start calling it, I'll continue to find ways and find ways to get creative and make my impact on the game. That was James Harden in response to that young fan. So he didn't care for this very much because the fan said, this kid basically said, yeah, when did you start? Why did you start doing that traveling step back? That was his quote. That was the kid's quote. And you could just see James Harden, whoa, 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 hang on there. Slow down there, Ace. Let's keep this sophisticated now. That's not a travel. They don't call that. Not only this. First off, he has a step back non-travel. It's a travel. And he's got this sidestep like cha-cha slide. That's not a travel. It's also a travel. This quote is just unbelievable to me. This year, I'm going to come up with something more creative, and it's going to look like a travel, but it's not. Oh, so James Harden is going full on a new hope here. He is going full on, these are not the droids you are looking for. I don't know what looks like a travel and is not. I do know that there are a lot of things in the NBA that are travels that are not called. LeBron James and the famous crab dribble. Both of James Harden's probably signature moves. And now I'm sure this third move. And what exactly looks like a travel that isn't a travel? James Harden is going to put blindfolds on our eyes like we're Sandra Bullock in Bird Box. And then he's going to take eight steps. And he's going to say, look, I know that looks like I just took eight steps. I understand. Believe me. But I'm really, really good. It was only two steps. Yes, my pivot foot changed from left to right each time, but my plant foot stayed home. It was just a different one each time I took the step. It's not a travel. These are not the droids you're looking for. Don't blow that whistle. This is a legal move. This is the James Harden eight step. I don't know. This is the beard dribble. But can you imagine being James Harden and being called out by a kid and knowing in your heart of hearts? Yeah, that's a travel. That step back is always a travel. James Harden, who exploits every rule that he can, the step back, the sidestep. If he needs to, he'll kick out his leg to draw that foul and go to the line where he's exquisite from the charity stripe and get more points. This is a dude who's the most unguardable player, according to Charles Barkley, in the history of the NBA. He's going to go down as one of the best scorers ever. Incredible player, especially at his size, where he's usually dealing with dudes that are bigger than he is, stronger than he is, and he's still just shooting the lights out over top of them. He is a stone-cold killer in the regular season, at least. We'll see if that ever actually translates to an NBA Finals appearance without Kevin Durant, but he does have the other guy he was in that Finals with in Russell Westbrook, but these kids, hey, man, when did you start doing that traveling step back and why? Whoa, wait, 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 travel? What are we talking about travel here? I don't even know the last time I saw that actually get called a travel on James Harden, but nothing made me laugh harder than the response that he has a new move that he's working on right now that is going to look like a travel but is not. Oh, got it, James. No, you know what? If it looks like a travel, that's probably because I saw more steps than you're supposed to take. And so that doesn't just look like a travel. That is a travel. But I can't wait to see what this move looks like. I don't know if it's going to be a pirouette, if it's going to be 16 euro steps. But each one is, I don't know, what's he going to do? Tie his, he's going to tie his shoelaces together. So both legs actually move as one. And so he's ever, he's actually never moving a second leg because he doesn't have a second leg. So that can be an invisible plant foot. So that's not going to be a travel because that invisible leg is actually going to be there at all times with its feet on the ground. He's going to start at the three-point line, and the left leg that we can't see, there's going to be a telestrator, and he's going to have somebody hired to draw that leg, and it's going to stay there, and then he's just going to dart around the court, but that leg's still going to be there because he has his shoelaces tied together. I don't know how he's going to do this, but I can't wait to see his new move that's going to look like a travel, but it's not, quote, honestly, unquote. Phenomenal. All right, folks, I'll see you tomorrow. Abby, I love you. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. God bless and good night.